Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is Sunday night. It is the offseason, and you know what that means? Not much going on by the three rivers. There's not much going on in football. Oh, there always is if you're a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because they're always making moves. They're always doing some things, and there's always questions. There's always something to talk about. So that's what we do in the offseason. It's the Steelers Sunday night Q&A, and I've got to give credit to BTSC editor Dave Schofield for creating this show just about six weeks back saying, hey, we just need to do something. And so this is your show. If you are in the live chat, you bring up the questions and that's it. We might start it off with a few questions, but other than that, it's your show. We'll answer as much as we can in this half hour time period. Now, once again, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. I am the podcast producer here at BTSC, and I am very thrilled to welcome one of our very new podcasters. You've you've seen his work on BTSC for a while, but now Andrew Wilbar has been doing a show for the last month to six weeks, and it's absolutely fantastic. He is the co-host of the Steelers Draft Fix that premieres Monday, anywhere where you download your podcast. Andrew, this is a pleasure for me to have you on the show. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Looking very forward to uh, discussing some, well, I guess whatever the live chat comes up with tonight, whether it be draft, Steelers, whatever. Looking forward to it. So have you had a great weekend? I have. It's been really good. It's been busy. This entire month's really busy, not only with the draft, but with school as well. So balancing a lot, but it's uh, not a dull moment. Yeah, I, I've got to tell you. Nobody does the work that you do during the NFL draft. It is absolutely incredible. I do need to ask you this. When do you start compiling all of this information? Because you do scouting reports on 350 plus players, more players that get drafted. Yeah, I generally start in the summer to get going on the previous year's film. It was a little bit difficult in 2020 because you had some players that sat out, didn't play at all that year. Um, but I try to get as much as I can in the summer of at least the seniors with the underclassmen. Sometimes you have to wait a little bit more because you don't know whether they're going to declare or not. But I try to get as many of the, as much of the base work done as I can for the seniors that are more than likely to enter the draft. Um, and then as the season goes on, obviously I'm doing as much as I can during the season. And then once the season is done and then we figure out which underclassmen surprisingly declared, that's when I really start getting into the underclassmen. How many college football games do you say that you watch a weekend? Well, now that I'm at college, I don't watch as much. I try to find condensed games as much as I can to condense it as much as I can. Um, there's a lot of times, there's a lot of places you can find on YouTube where there's a certain player or a certain team's offense. Like if I'm looking up Derek Deese, the tight end from San Jose State, and I want to look up tape on him, they'll just have the snaps of the San Jose State offense and then they'll have it broken up uh, with whatever defense they're going against or whatever the case may be. And I can get through that a lot quicker than I can a full game. During the regular season, I try – I used to try to watch at least three full games, but now I'm just trying to find the ones that I can get the most out of immediately, which is generally the highest profile games. And then the ones that, you know, I'm not going to waste my time watching Clemson in the Citadel because I'm not going to really get a great scouting report out of that unless Citadel has a draft prospect. Uh, but – it, it ranges. It really depends on my schedule. Uh, but uh, most of mine is really just watching a lot of condensed games um, so I can fit more in in a short period of time. 
All right. That sounds fantastic. We're going to talk about the Steelers. We're probably going to have a lot of draft questions, so feel free. No holds barred as far as draft questions. Feel free to throw those in. Now, Andrew, I got to talk to you about my weekend. I had a I had a fun weekend, something I, I haven't done in, in the past couple of years because of COVID, but I always take my nephew, Noah, who is a huge fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has just turned 15 in the last couple of months. And I'd like to take him to the one big autograph signing every spring in Chantilly, Virginia. And today I got a chance to take him there and we had a chance to only two Steelers were there. And there's usually a lot of Steelers past and present, but two big names were there today. And I had a chance to have conversations with both of them. And I got a chance to meet not only Deontay Johnson, but one Najee Harris. And I'm going to pronounce it like that Najee Harris, because when I introduced myself to him and we have, you'll get a chance to see it. Andrew will get a chance to see it. I, I took some fan video. I'm not going to go ahead and uh, and put it up here on BTSC, but I, my daughter's holding the video and I say to him, you know, I'm the podcast producer at BTSC. And he goes, you're the ones that are messing up my name. And I'm like, uh, no, I'm asking you your middle name because we've got our, because Jeff Hartman wants to call you Jerome all the time. And he's like, he told me his middle name, but he's like, what's my name? What is my first name? I want to hear you say it. Basically I'm paraphrasing. And I said, it's Najee. He goes, good job. Because he's very sensitive about his first name. You have to pronounce his first name. Right. And I found out the effect official name the official middle name it is not it is not Najee Jerome sorry Jeff Hartman wherever you are do you know what his middle name officially is because it's hard to find it's Mose it is I believe it is spelled I we were kind of rushed through there not by Najee but by the handlers but somebody told me that they saw it on a diploma in the background on one of the interviews and I believe it's M-Z-E-E. But he told me, yeah, it could be either Mo or Mose, but he doesn't care as long as we pronounce his name correctly. So I gave him an opportunity. I told him, hey, you could always come on our show and tell us that. <laughs> yeah. And so he he was an absolute delight. Deontay Johnson was fantastic as well. We had a little more time to talk to Deontay Johnson. Just a fantastic guy. He was fist bumping my nephew. He was just like really nice dude and it, it was a fun day so i had a chance to not only go with my nephew my daughter and my dad so it was like three generations of of anthony davis's <laughs> actually i think i'm the only anthony in the bunch but we had a lot of fun so that was my day so i had i had a black and gold sunday here and it felt pretty good yeah that is awesome so let's get into the questions, my man. We're going to bring in Ivor, Ivor Mekton by Rektar. My gosh, that's harder to, to pronounce than Najee. Doesn't Trubisky's stats nearly match Watson's? Now, I will tell you this. I know he was 29 and 21 as a starter. I don't have his stats in front of me, but possibly as far as completion per percentages, yes. But Andrew, do you know anything about that? Is that something that we need to look up in the future and get back to Evora on that one? 
That might be something to look up because I'm not positive. I know all about his record and, you know, but outside of that, I really don't know. I never compared him to Deshaun Watson. That's interesting. If that's actually true, that's an interesting stat. I would almost think that the uh, the wins and losses probably would be fairly close. And that's something we could check out. Ivor, that's one we will get. We will look up and know that in the future. So thank you for letting us know that. This is not a question. I'm just going to go ahead and bring this one up because anytime I see two words next to each other called kidney and stones, I immediately feel bad for somebody because I am a veteran of nine kidney stones in the last 23 years. So be wicked. What's up, guys? Sorry I missed the last few shows. Was in hospital. Kidney stones. My goodness, man. Feel better. Drink lots of water and stay away from uh, just stay away from the iced tea and more lemonade. Let's just say it that way and stay away from the soda because, oh, those things are awful. I, I trust at your age, you probably have not been afflicted with a kidney stone yet. Not yet. Hopefully I won't. But uh, yeah, it doesn't sound fun at all. I know some people who have had them. Uh, definitely does not seem like a fun thing. I would not wish one on John Harbaugh. That's saying that. something. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. Because <laughs> you know me. Uh, no, they, they are awful. They're, they're absolutely awful. It, uh, I always thought I was a little bit tough. But man, they, uh, those kidney stones, they will knock you into next week. Oh, goodness. What will be the Steelers' first pick? Ask Marvin Hamilton. And I know this is a question that is going to change every single week that we talk. But on April 3rd, 2022, what's your gut saying, Andrew? Well, my mock draft that came out two days ago, I gave the Steelers Andrew Booth on a trade back. So I'm going to stick with that for right now, just because I think that the Steelers, if Malik Willis goes too high and the Steelers decide not to go after Willis, I think corner's the next position that they can look at. Uh, it's a deep class, but there's not a bunch of legit number one lockdown candidates guys that have that potential and booth is one of those guys so if you can get him at the late first round i think that i could see the steelers taking going that direction just because he physically he has some similarities to some players that terrell austin has worked with one darius slay there are some similarities in andrew booth's game to darius slay and also um he is about as good in man coverage or he was in college about as good as stefan gilmore and jc jackson were in new england well, Brian Flores was there in man coverage. Obviously, it's two different levels of football, but they have similar traits, and they're both very—they're all very good athletes. I could see the Steelers maybe changing the scheme up a little bit, adding a little bit more man coverage in with Terrell Austin here, and now with Brian Flores here as well. Great! I'm glad that you broke that all down, and that might change next week. So I'm going to ask—I'm going to ask you a couple questions when we talk about cornerback, and I don't know how much you have seen me over the years on these shows but one of my biggest pet peeves i don't know if you know this is the phrase and i consider this a uh, a myth the phrase the steelers do not know how to draft a cornerback i hate that phrase what is your thoughts on that phrase i don't think that their issue is finding talent at quarterback it's putting them in the position to succeed because 
I, I mean, I was a huge proponent of drafting Justin Lane. I was thrilled when the Steelers brought in Justin Lane. So I'm like, man, we're going to play some more man coverage. You know, we've got the pieces in the secondary to play man. And then we brought in Minka Fitzpatrick, who has the athleticism, obviously, to play man coverage, but that's not really a strength. And then it seems like we, after that point on, we played a lot more man coverage in 2019, but then 2020, we like completely got away from that. And I don't, I, you know, who knows what would have happened with Justin Lane if we were a more man oriented team, but what if he would have gone to a team like new England that plays a lot of press man coverage? Would his outlook be different of it? Would his career outlook be different? What would already burns his third degree burns Would his, career outlook have been differently if he would have gone to another team that would have played more man coverage i don't know but i'm a big believer that most of the draft prospects can succeed somewhere if they go to the right scheme and the steelers they've been trying to find these uber athletes that have a lot of potential but then they try to fit them into zone where they have no footwork they are not very good instinctually and it's caused a lot of problems for the steelers and it's been them bad over the past decade well let's talk about Let's talk about Artie Burns real quick because he's the guy I always bring bring up. I kind of feel like back in 2016, the Steelers were they were just adamant that they were bringing a corner in. And we talk about that all the time here at BTSC. Don't pick the position, pick the player. And then when the Cincinnati Bengals go ahead and take their guy, which they did, they, they took their guy, and they took William Jackson the third. The Steelers were relegated to the fifth best corner on the board, being Artie Burns. And my thing is that you know they could have, if they waited to thirty eighth, they're they're getting Xavier Howard, you know. But he was at the time Howard was probably not considered a first round pick. Where Burns made a nice move back into the uh, into the first round. The last two weeks of the draft, that's when you started hearing Artie Burns' name a lot. So that's a big deal to me. If you look at that draft, I believe that same draft, Jalen Ramsey went early on in that draft. And I almost feel that you have to pick up a corner early on, Andrew. I mean, when I say early, it's like a quarterback. You need to pick a quarterback and a corner top 10 to have that success. In that very same draft, Eli Apple, I think, was picked 10th. You know, you just have, and he, we can't say that he's been a major success. I know he just played in the Super Bowl, but it's hard to say he's a success. What are your thoughts when we talk about a position like corner? You got to get him early, right? Or anything else is a crapshoot. Generally, yeah. Especially when you can't develop corners. The only time you're going to find a guy who has the athleticism to be a lot uh, an elite lockdown corner and also be somewhat NFL ready, you got to take them early. You, you know, you're going to be missing one or the other. Once you get to round three, round four, you're either grabbing a guy with traits that needs to be in the right system, or you're grabbing a guy who probably doesn't have a ton of upside uh, in the grand scheme of things. So let me, let me uh, flash back to 2007. I don't know how much you remember of that draft. It was, uh, it was probably, it was a long time ago, probably very young for you, but, if you know anything about that draft, the Steelers were looking for a corner and they were picking 15th that year. And they ended up, it was Mike Tomlin's first pick. And he, they ended up taking Lawrence Timmons, who very good draft pick. I mean, that ended up being a success for this team. However, they were all 
lock, stock, and barrel ready to go to pick Darrell Revis. Which means if they pick Darrell Revis at 15, that's going to be a superstar pick. That's picking a good corner. And that's knowing how to pick a good corner. Do you know what happened there? Why they did not get Darrell Revis? I don't. The Carolina Panthers were selecting at 14 and the Jets were at 16 and they swooped in. They offered the trade and pulled Darrell Revis out of the Steelers' grasp because they traded up to get him. That's exactly what happened. The Steelers were all set. And at that last last second, they didn't have time to... uh, There was no moving up because Carolina made the deal. So there's there's something that's that always sticks in my craw. Anytime somebody mentions the fact that the Steelers don't pick a corner, I just don't know how to pick a corner. I just feel like they're never in position to pick the right corner in the first round. And and when they are, there's always somebody else that wants to pick that corner. Let's go to Kathy Ford. And before I get into Kathy. She says, hi, fans. Who's our safety? I got to say, Kathy, you've got to be excited about tomorrow night. Go Jayhawks, because Kansas, Kathy, you, you got to be a KU fan, right, Kathy? I'm, I'm sure you are. So that's what I, I'm going to root for. The, I've always had a soft spot for KU for some reason, and I, I don't like North Carolina. So I hope KU beats North Carolina finally in the, uh, in the NCAAs, because I know... Uh, North Carolina, Roy Williams beat them before, didn't he? Or am I wrong? Pretty sure. Not positive. All I know is that I have Kansas in my bracket, so I'm rooting for Kansas. Oh, there, there you go. There's that's the bra- the bracket wins. Absolutely. So Kathy's question is: Hi, fans. Who's our safety? I hope Terrell Edmonds. I do too. And wouldn't you? You know what I'm loving right now, Andrew. All the people right now that all of a sudden are showing some respect to number 34 and where they wouldn't even three or four months ago, they were ready to say goodbye to them and glad. And now they're thinking, Ooh, maybe that's the best idea. And if you have a chance to listen to bad language today, my Sunday show, I talk extensively about how Batman needs a Robin and the perfect Batman Robin's uh, position in football is safety. So Minka needs his Robin and the perfect Robin for Minka. And I think is Terrell Edmonds. I think Terrell Edmonds makes Minka better as well. What do you think? Absolutely. They complement each other well. And fans do not realize how bad the Steelers were at covering the tight end before Terrell Edmonds came along and started developing. I mean, we were, there were several years in a row where we were absolutely awful covering tight ends. And then once he started to develop, that issue completely went away. And just being able to do that, solely that, allows Minka to roam free, uh, takes a lot of pressure off the linebackers. He just makes the rest of the defense better by just doing that one thing. Absolutely. It's speaking of uh, speaking of the draft, Eddie Longs says, do you think we'll draft Travis Jones with the 20th pick? So what do you think? The Steelers and Travis Jones? Uh, I'm not too familiar with uh where he's going with this so help me out well i love travis jones his tape is phenomenal but he is from connecticut and his 
talent level that he's going against every week is not excellent. And I, I'm going to have a high second round grade on him. I mean, if he falls to 52, I have no issues with the Steelers taking him there. He has three down potential from the nose tackle position, but 20 feels like a bit of a reach just because there is some projection. There's a lot of upside, a lot of athletic upside. He was excellent at the combine, uh, but he's not polished with his um, in terms of pass rushing ability. Still has a lot of things he needs to work on pad level, uh, be more consistent in that area. So there's a lot of things to work on. I love Jones, but not at pick 20. So I want to go to Dave Schofield here where he's just threw in this comment. And this is going back to me talking about Najee. And Dave said, Dave saw the video. He said, he didn't say Messin. No, he did not say Messin. But uh, for this show, we're going to say Messin. (laughs) Marvin Hamilton, this is a great question. Do you think that the Steelers will trade up or down if they do any? I think it's possible for either one. I would probably say the more likely thing at the end of the day is probably going to be a trade up. And that would be for Malik Willis, because I do believe that Mike Tom, I mean, Mike Tomlin even told one of Liberty's assistant coaches at the, his pro day that he loves Malik Willis. And he just doesn't know if they'll be able to, Steelers will be able to get him at 20. So I, I do think that if the Steelers have an opportunity to go up, they'll go and get him. Not sure what the price is going to be. But in my last mock draft, I had the Steelers trading back. You're starting to hear rumors of Kansas City. You know, why did they decide to get rid of Tyreek Hill? Maybe it's because they see a replacement. Maybe they see Jamison Williams from Alabama as a guy who can replace Tyreek Hill's speed and big playability. But you have New England picking at 21, and you have Green Bay picking at 22. So for them to be able to land him, they're going to have to move up to 19 or 20. And both of those spots are, you know, prime opportunities for teams to trade back. And I know Colbert's not the type for trading back, but maybe being his last draft, he goes out with a splash and he just, you know, moves around the draft board like we haven't seen him do before. It wouldn't surprise me either way, to be quite honest. Now, he's done it in the past, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen very often, right. like you said. Now, if you do recall the 2001 draft, which uh, I don't think you were on this earth during the 2001 draft, <laughs> but they, they traded back three spots. The Jets ended up with Santana Moss. The Steelers ended up with some guy named Casey Hampton. And that worked out pretty well. And they ended up getting another pick. I can't remember whether the pick was... uh, Gosh, why am I losing his name? He was the uh, defensive back out of uh, Pitt. They moved back to the third round. I don't think it was a significant draft pick that they made, but... They did trade back then. Now, they also did trade back in 2009. They traded out of the second round. They did. They took Evander Ziggy Hood at 32. And in the second round, they traded with Denver. And they did not have a second round pick. And it ended up that year somehow with three third round picks. And those third round picks were Craig Urbic, who ended up having a long career in this league mostly with Buffalo as an offensive lineman, Mike Wallace, who had a very good career, and Joe Burnett. It was either, I always, and they picked Joe Burnett and Keenan Lewis in the same draft. And I believe it was Joe Burnett that came before Keenan Lewis. And so I believe he was in the third round as well. So, I mean, they've done it. But my question to you is this. If they trade out, if they trade out of that 20th pick, is it safe to say that they can't b- go below 32? They've got to stay in the first round. 
it would depend on what they're getting in return. If let's say Malik Willis is off the board, quarterbacks are off the board. The quarterbacks went a lot quicker than what everyone thinks is going to happen. And the Steelers are like, okay, we need to accumulate some draft capital for next year. We may not get Bryce Young. We may not get CJ Stroud, but maybe we can get a Will Levis from Kentucky. Maybe we can get a guy that we can may move into the top 10. I mean, every year there's a quarterback that jumps out of nowhere. We don't know who that guy is yet. And this year it was Kenny Pickett. I mean, last year you had uh, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. I mean, you're going to have that guy every year that's going to come out of nowhere and be a first round pick at quarterback. So I could, I don't think Colbert would trade out of the first round. I don't think that's going to happen, but if they, that's the only opportunity they have to trade back and maybe it's 34, 35, a team wants to move up and get a guy that, you know, maybe at that position, there's a big drop off after that guy that they're going after in terms of talent. Maybe they make a move and they get a f- extra first round pick next year. It, it's unlikely, but I suppose it's possible. Now, you know, that is possible and you have no problem doing it. If you can get another first round pick, the problem is in your editor, Dave Schofield will always say the Steelers do not like giving up that extra year. So they like to have that first round pick. Cause you know, think about this, not having a first round pick in 2020 was okay because you got Minka Fitzpatrick, but in the situation with number 11, Chase Claypool, you only have him for four years. You don't have that extra year to protect him and have a contract. So just interesting stuff there. Brian Brown. Do you think maybe the Steelers are planning to start Carl Joseph at safety? I'm going to jump in first and say no. I, I think he is being retained as a depth piece, and I don't think they're done yet. I think I don't think Carl Joseph is that 25th guy that Kevin Colbert was talking about. But what are your thoughts, my friend? Yeah, he's a depth piece. He's not going to be anything more than that. Uh, I mean, he definitely has talent, but uh, the Steelers didn't play him a whole lot. I don't think outside of special teams last year. I mean, he wasn't even active for a lot of games. So I don't think the Steelers see him as anything more than a depth piece. But if he can become closer to what he was projected to be coming out of college, you know, he could be, you know, a decent depth piece. Maybe a guy who could play if Minka has to go out for a few plays with, you know, maybe pull the hamstring or something like that. And he, you know, Joseph can come in and spell him. You know, he has free safety and strong safety versatility. So that is a plus. Okay, it's time for our rapid fire round, Andrew. So we're going to go fast on these answers. Sherry Richards is first. Andrew, who would you take in the first round realistically? Malik Willis. Tape Boys, one of our very own, had a show just a a few hours ago here on YouTube for BTSC. Why do people think Jay Williamson are better than Wilson and Olave when he couldn't see the field at OSU, which is why he transferred to Bama? Because Alave and Wilson do not play as fast as what they time. Wilson does, but not uh, Alave specifically. He's quick, but he's not fast. Claude Bishop. If Claude, I, I met Claude uh, about six months ago. Fantastic guy. If one of Georgia's D linemen are still on the board, would you take them with a the 20th pick? Davis, if the if Malik Willis is gone and the injury booth is gone. Oh my gosh, I love Davis. I, I really do. Plus, I get the jersey, and it's my own name, but I'm not the guy that gets his own name on a jersey. So there you go. I've got to replace that Sean Davis jersey. But oh man, I think he's a beast. I love him. I just, uh, just like Mike Tomlin, I don't. I think he's going to be hugging the commissioner way, way before that we get to them. David Cano, do you see us getting Honey Bag Badger? possible but i hope not i uh 
why do you hope not? Just because I, I mean, it, the safety, the prices of safeties are coming down, so it may not be incredibly expensive. But I've, I have a feeling Terrell Mins is going to be half the price, and you already know what you're getting with him. I think it's a safer pick. I think with Matthew, it's just a luxury pick. You can use that money to, you know, maybe go the additional money to maybe go and get a depth tackle. Tyrell Crosby's still saying out there, very good depth tackle. Maybe the Steelers could bring him in instead. I'd rather Crosby and Edmonds combined than just Tyron Matthew. All right, Tyler Acuna. So I know that we signed Daniel and that we're also not at the Iowa Pro Day, but are the Steelers positively out on Linderbaum? My thoughts on this, I don't know how completely they were ever in on Linderbaum. I feel that we, the media and the fans, want want Linderbaum more than the Steelers do. What are your thoughts? Yeah, if the Steelers were interested in Linderbaum, they wouldn't have brought in Mason Cole and paid him that money. All right, so um, here we go. Um, Jerry Frazier says, I don't want Edmonds back. I want Ronnie Harrison. Evgeny Crosby says, the Steelers are not drafting a quarterback. Please stop it. I wouldn't be surprised if they do. I mean, I would not speak in absolutes on that one just because I I just don't think so. Um Justin Benjamin asking again, the 20th pick will be you are. Did you say absolutely who you think the uh, 20th pick is going to be? Not who they should take. I have not come to that conclusion yet. No. Evgeny Crosby comes in and helps me out. Yeah. Hank Poteet. That's who I was looking for. Um, when I was talking about that pit defensive back. So I appreciate that. Pat Hankinson asks, do you think the Steelers will get rid of Mason Rudolph? I think they should if they bring in another quarterback, but I don't see them doing it. Justin Benjamin, what about the QB out of Boston College next year? Help me out with that because I'm not as familiar, Andrew. Phil Dracovic, he he is – I don't understand where the, all the hype is coming from. I, I don't know if he has – does he have some affiliation with Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania or something? I don't know because he's not that talented of a quarterback. He goes through his reads slowly, doesn't have great arm strength. He doesn't have a ton of mobility. I don't really see where people are getting – uh really anything exciting from his tape all right dave schofield mentions i i mix up keenan lewis and joe burnett uh so it was urbic wallace and lewis in 2009 thanks dave that's why we pay dave the big bucks eddie longs which wide receivers do you both like for pittsburgh to pick in the draft i'll go first on it i i'd like jameson williams and the reason being is I just think he's the most dynamic. If he doesn't hurt himself, he's probably going up a lot higher than I even think Olave. But if I'm looking at guys in the other rounds, I really, of course, I'm in on the Christian Watson thing. I'm drinking that Kool-Aid. I like Sky more, and I know those are, are the big names. Just like I had the draft crush last year. Andrew, I don't know. If you know this, but my draft, my big draft crush last year was Anthony Schwartz, and he ended up in Cleveland. So, um, who are who are your favorites? Who who do you like the most? I like Christian Watson on day two as well. Um, if he's there at fifty two, which I kind of doubt, and uh, Sky Moore wouldn't be a terrible pick. Uh, there's, 
I'm not going to get into too many of the day three guys. We'll get into them on the draft picks when we hit the wide receivers. But there's a, several speed guys. Uh, one guy, the name's slipping me right now, but there's a wide receiver from Idaho, about six foot three, 230 pounds. He ran a 4.39. Is either 4.37 or 4.39 at his pro day. He's got a lot of talent, and I'm still looking into some tape on him. Uh, but he's an intriguing guy to watch just a traits guy in the later rounds. I wouldn't be disappointed that the Steelers brought him in. Now, my partner on the uh... – here we go, the Steelers show, the great KT Smith, the coach. He loves Bo Melton out of Rutgers. Now, he's biased because he's coached against Bo Melton and the Bo and a lot of Bo Melton's family in New Jersey. So he's seen a lot of them and he just is fantastic guy, fantastic kid. And he would he loves he was celebrating the night when you guys were just blowing up my phone in the Slack channel by putting on all the wide receiver times at the Combine. And when Bo Melton's came across and he was briefly number one, Kevin was going crazy because we were recording a show. So I think that's awesome. What are your thoughts on Bo? Because can he be like a, a fourth or fifth round pick that, that the Steelers get make some magic with? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He can play in the slot. He gets open. I mean, he... I didn't expect him to run a fast forward time. I expect him to be one of these guys that are quick, but not fast in you know in terms of straight line speed. But he gets open. Um, he's a very good route runner. Uh, he has decent hands as well for just you know a little slot speed guy. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if I necessarily want him to be the primary deep threat per se, uh, but he's a guy that can make things happen after the catch for sure. And here's another wide receiver that we haven't mentioned, but he's gaining a lot of ground going to Pittsburgh, especially after that Georgia pro day. What do you think of George Pickens in the second round? I liked him a lot before the ACL injury. He tracks the ball well deep down field, but he doesn't do the dirty work. He doesn't block. And generally the Steelers like receivers that are willing to do the dirty work near the line of scrimmage. So I don't see the Steelers picking Pickens personally, uh, but definitely a lot of talent. All right, Brian Brown. Will the Steelers still draft a middle linebacker after signing Miles Jack? That's the million dollar question right now because he miles jack is not a buck linebacker so i don't know what they're gonna do maybe the steelers like buddy johnson as well i'm starting to get the feeling the steelers wait on linebacker but i would love a guy you know on between rounds two and four there's a ton of guys to get into and we're gonna get into those guys on the draft fix that will come out tomorrow keep in mind brian flores knows how to mix and match linebackers so that's that's something that uh they already have a plan and if robert spillane ends up being in Pittsburgh. I believe he's he was tendered an extended rights contract. I don't believe he signed it as of yet. But if he's a guy in there, you can you can make some magic with moving some guys around, Andrew. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, final question comes from Brian Anthony Davis from BTSC. Will you hang out with me at my house during the draft, just to break down everything for me. Hey, if you've got ESPN, you have Mel Kuyper going on the TV. I'll see if I can get an approved pass to come now. But um, <laughs> I, 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 I love talking draft. Thank you for having me on. This was very fun. Um, I can't wait for the draft. There's so much still more I want to break down and get into that. I do not have the time for, but it's going to be a really good draft. Community. I can see uh, where the Steelers go. Well, this is a really fast show. And, we this Q and A is so much fun. You're fantastic. You did a great job. This is what BTSC is all about. 
we have the best and brightest that are able to cover so many different categories. We have specialists. One of our draft specialists, his name is Andrew Wilbar, and we love having you around. Thanks so much, and congratulations for uh, all that you do here at BTSC and all the accolades that you're starting to get. We love you here, so thank you for coming on in. Thank you. All right. Well, with that being said, I I cannot leave this alone real quick before we get out of here. Brian Brown just makes a comment. Mel Kuyper looks like Charlie Sheen and Count Dracula had a baby. There you go. <laughs> I'm leaving you with that one. Brian Brown, that's great. Uh, so with that being said, Andrew, once again, thanks so much. For Andrew, my name is Brian Anthony Davis here at BTSC. We want to make sure you check out all of our shows, not just all of our shows. If you love to read about the Steelers, and that's uh, that's the way to do it. Delve into these articles. You're going to see so many draft articles from the likes of Andrew. You're going to see cutting room floor type stuff. You're going to see film room stuff by the guys that know how to break it down, like Jeffrey Benedict like Dave Schofield, like KT Smith. You're going to see commentary from the guys like Tony Defio and Shannon White. You're going to just see nonsense nostalgia from guys like me. And you're going to see the breaking news from guys like Jeff Hartman and so many more that contribute to BTSC being what it is. Not just your one-stop shop, but your non-stop shop. And that's truly what it is. So with that being said, I'm going to ask you not only to check out these shows, check out Let's Ride tomorrow, followed by The Draft Fix at noon and The Hangover with myself, Shannon White, and Tony Defio. There's so much more to check out, so make sure you do. We've got to ask you to do three more things, Andrew, and this is it. One, be safe. Two, be true to yourself. And three, always be behind the steel curtain. Keep your feet on the ground, my friends, and keep reaching for the hypocycloids. We will talk to you next time with a whole new crew on the Steelers Sunday night Q&A. 